Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or the neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Dalton, this probably sounds real familiar to you. It does. I just bought a house last year. And you know, you asked, uh, why can't all this information be in one place? Well, now it is. On homes.com, they've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. The following podcast. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. What do you think? Did he get up? I mean, of all things to say. What? <laughs> what? I want a victory beer. <laughs> He's a seven-time champion. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. This episode is called R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. The Respect Recap Show. Should or the lack of it. Should we start drug testing our, our employees, Dale? I mean, I think at least one of them. We the already do, Mike. Oh, do we? Yes. <laughs> well, Alex, I think we need to give you an extra one. <laughs> I mean, where are you coming up with these things? Just creativity, okay. man. I love it. The extra art. drug test. Extra strength. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, it's Thursday, March 30th, 2023, episode 432. Mike Davis, my co-host, here in the Bojangle studio. We had a great guest yesterday. Chip Ganassi came in here. I've always wanted to talk to Chip. Uh, because I was fascinated with his racing career and how you know successful it was, but yet brief. He was injured, uh, decided to eventually move into ownership even before he was 30 years old, quit driving entirely. Uh, why? Right. So we got to talk to him about that. We got to talk to him about the DEI merge, um, selling his race team, his NASCAR team, um, different drivers he's worked for, Montoya Dixon. Uh, just a great guy and really honest. You know, honest. Yeah, yeah. Didn't mind, you know, telling us brought even talked even brought up the DC Solar. I wasn't even going to think about to ask that. Right, right, right. And um, <laughs> so it's just uh, he's just a great conversation. One of the things that I was glad to hear, and one of the things I was glad we were able to say to him was obviously one of my favorite parts about doing this show is celebrating the person that's sitting there. You know, right at the end, you kind of get into this very 
a big moment of affirmation or 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 just sort of celebrating them and telling them, man, hey, I'm I want to let you know exactly what either mean to me, mean to this sport. That's a fun thing, all right. And so, just want them to feel appreciated and thankful they came over uh, to the show. But one of the other things that I was glad we got to tell him was like, hey man, we didn't want you to leave NASCAR in case you, you know, in case anybody ever, I don't know if anybody's told you, but you kind of missed. Yeah. We wish that you would have stuck around. I wish he would have maybe just sold, you know, at least kept a little bit of his team. But he tried to, in a roundabout way, let us know that um, he's somewhat still involved or, or hey, I could be here in a minute, you know. He didn't shut the door. No. He can come back. Yeah. I like that. He also seems impulsive, right? Like like a lot of the things that I would have thought would have been this long orchestrated, mm-hmm. like strategic vision. Like yeah. I'm going to get into Sabco and me and Felix, and it's going to be about five or six month negotiation over terms. No, no, no. That's not how it is. It's impulsive. It's a phone call. I'll fly there. Let's do the deal. Yeah. Hash it out in 10 minutes, which is to say there's no reason to think that that couldn't happen again. Right? right. Like, like if, if, if Chip Ganassi wanted to be back in NASCAR, it wouldn't take much. He, he does it on the fields, man. Right. It's all about the fields. It's interesting, too, because typically when you do that, yes, you're going to get burned a lot, but sometimes you might get burned so severely you don't survive. He's had some moments in his career as an owner that were difficult and some that he said, like, as with the D.C. Solar, he's still paying for it today. But he survived them, right? Uh, he was able to uh, keep the race team moving, keep his, you know, keep his paychecks for his employees coming, uh, that's when owning a race team. We all get involved. We all get so zeroed in on the wins, the losses, the balls, the strikes. Owning a race team is one thing. That is employees paying them, keeping them. Keep, you are responsible for the livelihood of the people in this building. That is number one, right? And he seems to be very good at that. Yeah, he seems to be really good at making sure that that's always at the top of the list and everything else takes care of itself, right? And it pained him when he has had to uh, let people let, go. Like, yeah. and he's had to do it. But he's, listen, there was a moment, I hope our cameras really catch that when people uh, watch this on Peacock, they see, or our YouTube channel, of course. But, uh, you know, it hurt him to have to do that. But he says, you got to look him in the eye. And shoot him straight, yeah. and and not do it any other way. And I believe that Chip Ganassi is one of a rare breed. I Look, think. I, I I know that, um, you know, laying a person off is a it's a difficult thing, but he had to make those choices. He called them difficult choices to save his company. You know, and so, you know, nobody ever wants to be in that situation. But right. it's, you know, sometimes it's not even in your control. The economy, uh, you know, a, a failed sponsorship program that, that doesn't materialize and, and have the benefits that you once thought it would have, whatever it may be, may put you in a bad situation. There's things that change in the sport that make jobs obsolete. Yeah. You know, um, a great example of that would be uh, the composite body, you know, how that's changed fabricating and what what teams need in, in personnel in terms of fabrication and so forth. Um, and so a lot of teams have had to make these type of decisions. Um, and But he's he's an interesting guy. And I hope that there's, uh, you know, I hope that there's a, a future in NASCAR for Chip. Love to see him come back and be 
part of something, right? Part yeah. of a team. It'd be pretty neat. Can I just bring this up? And I, I, I'm really interested to hear your response to it. And that is the one thing that I was really compelled to get from Chip Ganassi at our table was his relationship with his drivers. Yeah. Okay. Being that he was a former driver himself. So, yeah. and that was you. So, but also Chip Ganassi has been embroiled in some pretty public spats with, with drivers. drivers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I remember that my first year in the sport, I was with Jimmy Spencer. Of course, it was on the uh, the Bush Series Xfinity Series team with James Finch. But I, I, I lived that whole falling out that he had with Chip in 2002. That ended up in a legal spat. Now it's settled, but still, it it was not it was not amicable, right? So then you obviously, and I didn't know how we would broach the Alex Pillow thing, but he was very forthcoming in the Alex Pillow, and I love the fact that it was like, hey, look, tell us about your relationship with drivers. Do you allow yourself to get real close to them? Because you also know that you may have to fire them. They don't perform. And he's had to fire drivers. He's fired drivers. Uh, he told a funny Eddie Cheever story, by the way. Um, and then also, like, are you making it more difficult on yourself by getting close to drivers that ultimately, if they don't pan out, you end up having to make a difficult decision? I thought he answered that very well, but I'm curious on – what your what your thought on his uh, approach that is, and also your own, because you're a driver. You've had these guys come through here. You've got the Noah Gregsons that have made you have to have you know tough conversations, and you've had a bunch of other people, good drivers that go on. How close do you allow yourself to get to them? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, I wanted to hear from I wanted to hear from Chip what time what kind of time what type of time has he spent with his drivers outside of the racing bubble right what do they has he has he taken them on fishing trips like rick would take his drivers fishing right that's right what things does he do or when does he interact with these guys out of the racetrack and he really didn't have much to, to he really didn't have a lot to add there he really didn't act like that there is any examples of that right and I'm sure they go to dinners and there's moments when they're at sponsorship functions together and they'll, you know, they could treat that like a, a night out, right? Which that's, that's, that's a great way to treat some of those moments. But uh, I, was, I was curious. I, I had pictured him as sort of this, come on by the house, man. I'm making some grilling steaks. All, you know, and it's, it's, it's IndyCar guys, it's NASCAR guys, it's IMSA guys all intermingling and having a great time and, you know, but it doesn't seem like that that's uh, the case. He said very specifically, I need you Monday through fr yeah. or Friday through Sunday. That's when I need you because, look, I'm trying to operate a business. You're integral to that business. You're either going to make my business work or you're not. And yeah. if it doesn't, then it's not going to work with me. I mean, it was very specific. And I think the answer to that for my, my input or my feedback on that would be, dude, I would love to – I would love for it to work the way it works in my imagination for Chip and myself. I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to light the grill. I'm going to light the smoker and I'm, I'm going to cook a brisket and all the junior motorsports guys are going to come over and we're going to eat brisket tonight and just hang out. It's going to be a blast, but I don't have time to do that tonight. Right. <laughs> I don't, right. I got to go home. I got to go home, do things with my family. We got things going on in our own lives and as do the drivers. Yeah. Right. And so none of those things rarely or ever happen. Yeah. Um, and maybe they would for him too, had he, you know, if he were to be able to carve out that type of time. 
you know, to, to have, a you know, I, that was a little interesting to me. Um, but I think it comes down to just, shoot, man, I'd love to hang out with these guys more. I just don't have the time to do it. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, what about this? Would you have been able to drive for Chip knowing what you needed out of a out of your owner? Yeah. And you had, it feels like both ends of the spectrum. I think Chip would have been awesome as an owner because he seems like the kind of guy, he's been a racer, he's been a driver, and that gives me the confidence to go to him and say, hey, man, my car wasn't good enough this weekend. I know that you're disappointed in some decisions I made, but – the car doesn't do this, that, and the other, and I need your help to get that, right? And I think that he would be the type of guy you would feel relatively comfortable with uh, saying some of those things, right? Now, mm-hmm. you've got to dance. You can't really – you don't want to say anything that's going to offend the owner of this operation or you don't want to piss him off, right? And you could, depending on the day, depending on what he what he's doing, what he's dealing with. Um, catch him on the wrong day, you know, anybody on the wrong day, right? You don't get a productive conversation, but – he seems about I think since he's a racer, you could absolutely go up to him and say, Hey Chip, you know we're struggling here. Um, man, we can't we're not gonna get anywhere until we fix this part of our program. And he would understand yeah. and know and he would look at it and understand exactly what you meant. Because he understands he understands the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, he, he he's not a he's not detached from how the team functions and how to make it, how to make a race car fast, right? He understands all those things. Yeah, he knows how critical all the positions are. Yeah, I uh, love how he says that the relationship is centered on the fact that I will give you a fast race car. I do too, man. That's that, it. I mean, can you ask for anything else? Well, as that, a driver? Remi- that reminded me of the very first time I ever heard that. Um, I had raced for. I was. Um, this is not a knock on any other crew chief that I ever had because I've had some very good ones. But I was with Latart racing somewhere, and we finished the race, and he came to me and said, I, our cars aren't good enough. i got to get you a better race car. I was coming out of the car feeling like, damn it, I, I, I didn't get a good result. I feel like this is my responsibility in my eyes, I've got the same car as everybody else out there. How come, you know, the reason why we didn't run well must rest on my shoulders. And he come up to me and said, my car's not good enough for you. I'm going to go, I'm going to work on that. Yeah. And I'd never heard that before. You know, I've heard people say, you know, we missed the setup or, or, you know, we, we just didn't have it today, or maybe we should have had this spring or this, you know, I've heard people say those things to me, but never was Never has anyone come up to me and go, "Our the car we prepared and that we're making isn't a good enough race car. We're going to have to go make a better race car. And that seems to be the kind of guy that Chip is. Mm-hmm. And damn, man, if you're sitting there struggling, like we talked about when Montoya was driving his cars, he's like, that wasn't our best years. You know, for him to be that honest. And I bet in those moments he went to Juan and said, our cars aren't good enough. I know you're busting your ass. I know you're frustrated. I'm going to work on getting the car better. He seems like that kind of guy. I like yeah. that. What did you think? I got to ask, uh, did you have any kind of uh, prevalent thoughts about what he said about the Earnhardt Ganassi DEI merger? Um, I was wondering if it was going to be some 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 hot juice there, man, but it it it's, it was pretty just a he just told us a well, pretty standard story. Yeah, we got together, it, it, you know. I, nothing about it surprised me. I, I thought there would be some. 
There was one part that surprised what? me. And I don't know if this was, you know, I, I assume he's telling the truth, but he acted surprised that there was this family feuding or something. That like, was a was little weird. About? I know. I mean, it was like 09 when yeah. all that happened. We weren't. That, we were past that. Yeah. Like, there was no, there was no feud was, to have at yeah. that point, was I mean, the feud we'd had kinda, been had. <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. But, but I'm wondering, it made me think, um, going back to the, I wonder if there was some aftermath that we're just not aware of, That's, that Max Siegel and all those, those cats, you know, we made that announcement in uh, 07 that we were leaving the company. Yeah. Max was here for the press conference. I remember all that. Yeah. And then, you know, a few months later, we announced that you're going to Hendrick Motorsports. But, I, you know, I guess it would be fair to say that there was some aftermath and some recoil that we just aren't aware of. That, I don't know. But, but he acted like that I didn't sign know. up for this family feud. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Was there yeah. more feuding? Maybe there was, actually. Maybe there was. Listen, it's believable that, was, that we wouldn't know because we weren't at the organization. But it, there had to have been some turmoil going on internally even then. Just not, not involving you. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it's I don't know, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, apparently, he's like, look, I didn't need to, I didn't need that much communication. He was fine with the fact that he just was handed the race team and he went to the racetrack and raced. Yeah, I, I was ex- I was expecting. Oh man, it was it was it was tough, uh, unenjoyable. It was frustrating. Um, couldn't get a hold of nobody, but he didn't say any of those things. Yeah, well, I, listen, I did ask if he uh, had, had much of a relationship with Teresa, and, and said, I was not surprised by his answer. I wasn't either, but he didn't seem to matter. He's like, I didn't need to. That's exactly what he said. I just remember with the time when we learned of the merger, the first thought everybody had was, like, I wonder what that's going to be like, the first meeting with Chip Ganassi and Teresa Earnhardt, which yeah. doesn't sound like they had many meetings. Maybe they had a lunch or two. But uh, yeah. anyways, I really appreciated how – uh, how candid he was yeah. and transparent about all that. It was good. So um, let's move on. We want to um, touch on a, a thing or two that we didn't get it, get into on uh, Tuesday's show, Tuesday's Dirty Air. Okay. Um, the talk about respect. You know, we've had um, mm. Kyle Busch brought it up. There's no, you know, there's not a much much respect out there on the racetrack between drivers. Uh, and in those final few restarts at Coda this past weekend, um, Jordan Taylor, Jensen Button, those guys had very interesting takes, uh, saying, you know, it's brutal out there, guys pushing into each other, no attempt to make the corner, just bounce, using each other as the break, you know, to slow themselves down. Um, Jordan's like, man, if you do that in IMSA, you'd be, you'd be, uh, exited out of the building, you know, uh, right. removed from the race. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, I wonder, uh, Denny says there's a problem, a lack of respect, you know, something he's talked about for over a year now. There's not, you know, some guys out there have zero respect. Um, I'm not 100% uh, sold on there actually being a problem, mm. right? I don't disagree that there's a lack of respect, but is that a problem? It's kind of how I feel about just the pushing and shoving at the end yeah. of a race. Like, I don't disagree that there's pushing and shoving. Yeah. 
isn't this who we are? Maybe we are. Maybe NASCAR is the disrespectful series uh, yeah. where people just don't really respect each other, and they're going to move you out of the way no matter who you drive for or who you are. Hundred um, percent. I think that there is a line where you can take it too far, right? And we don't want to. We don't. We there is some responsibility by the governing body to keep people in line, right? Not let it get too out of control. But to an extent, we definitely need these guys not to like each other. Right. Right. We need them to not really enjoy competing against each other. Right. And now there's going to be so many different dynamics on the racetrack. There'll be guys that love to race each other, and they will put on one hell of a show, and we will love to watch that. There'll be other guys that hate to race each other, put on a hell of a show, and we will want to watch that. Right. right? And so I think it's a mix of no respect, some of the veterans – probably have more respect than some of the younger guys. The younger guys coming in haven't developed that respect. They I when I came in, I didn't I admired my dad's peers. I admired Terry Labonte and and I admired Rusty Wallace, but you know, and I respected them to a point, but I still acted like an idiot out on the racetrack. You know, while I'm out there driving my car, I still did silly things around them that would make them think damn this kid doesn't respect me you know yeah. i think when there's there's this sort of there is a very um big movement of younger drivers coming into the sport right we've got this we're in this sort of phase where we've got some veterans that are that are on their way out um some guys retiring some guys getting close to that retirement age and we've got a beer, very young group of drivers phasing themselves in right and so why it makes absolute sense that there would be a conversation around the lack of respect because a lot of the young guys just haven't developed that self-awareness. And, and they, they respect the other drivers they're walking around in the garage with, but when you put a helmet on them and put them out there in the heat of the battle, they're going to lose some of that um, self-awareness, right? And so I feel like that um, all of this makes a lot of sense to me, why this is happening, why this conversation is happening. But I don't know that it's a necessary – I don't know that it's a problem that needs addressed. And I don't know that I want them to cure whatever ails them. I want some of the disrespect to resonate week after week after week. It's part of the storyline. It hopefully develops into uh, some rivalries that maybe would last longer than three months. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the idea of these guys getting in battles and disagreements on the racetracks and then – cleaning it all up in the text message the next week has never been a great thing. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to earn heart bow die rivalry that just won't end. Right. You know? Right. Listen, I'll, I'll even go so far as to say, if it is addressed, let the drivers do it. Maybe we don't, we as fans don't even know that it's being addressed. Like, you know, Denny's an exception to the rule because he got on a podcast and put it on blast. But listen, there's something that I think we as fans, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me and most of the listeners of this podcast. We don't have to understand the the stuff that's going out on the track that we can't see. We just have to acknowledge that there is stuff going out on the track that we can't see, and it's impossible for us to know because we're not in the car. We're not in the cockpit. So yeah. when when these drivers come off and go, I was disrespected. I want my respect. Well, 
I, it, it seems like we're like, no, we saw what happened. You won't cause that. Well, there's a lot more going on that we don't know. We yeah. just have to acknowledge it. And I don't pretend to have to know what ends up being the resolution. I just want there to continue being a rivalry. And so far, I like what I see and all that stuff. But I think that you guys, I think that there's been things, I don't know, I can't think of a specific example, but there's probably been some times when you felt somebody specific didn't race you uh, respectfully, but you didn't go put them on blast afterwards. You just had it in your mind, right? Like maybe it was Ryan Newman. Uh, maybe it was Jeff Gordon. Maybe it was Tony Stewart. Somebody, Tony Stewart, like, you know, he, he would wear his emotion on his sleeve. Sometimes you don't let us fans privy to those feelings as much as we – know how accessible NASCAR drivers are and how forthcoming you guys are. Sometimes we're not privy to that. So there's a disrespect or a respect factor that goes on, and we just have to acknowledge it. And sometimes we get the benefit of seeing it, and sometimes we don't. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> talking about respect, got a question for you, Mike. One thing. We're going to move on to uh, another fun game of tic-tac-toe. Remember you won last week? Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. I don't remember. Oh, Well, wait. Yeah, I do. you claim victory. Even though there was really technically nobody had well, that's put three in a row. It's disrespectful for you, you claimed victory. You claimed victory is a fact. You no, no, did. I was victorious is a fact. If everybody saw the screenshot of the tic-tac-toe game, you did not get three in a row. Neither, neither did I. Nobody did. If you noticed the screenshot that you're alluding to, you saw winner takes all that's in one box. Never, never in my life has I played a tic-tac-toe game where there was a box that was winner take all. Well, I would have chosen that first if you would have listened to the podcast you would have known that we tied and then there was one box left if i'd and have so known the rules of the game hold up am if, i wrong if i'd here? have known there was a winner's take See, all i would have just pick that one first guys you sound like a sore loser hold on was there a winner's take all not not this week well it was decided in the game and everybody knows it that. was not on so, the sheet so are you saying that i didn't win you claimed victory are you saying who, who are you saying i did not win no one won that game really yeah no one won. No one won it. Room, I, I'm, I'm going to need another opinion here. Like it, they is, and I can't ask Alex because he's just going to fall in line. But it, did, I, did, did did nobody win that game? I will. Week? I will give. Tiff? I will give everybody in here. The, the, they can all agree with you that you won that game because I'm sure there's some people that would agree that you did win it. That you you but chose you. correctly, but I don't feel that way. You are my Ross Chastain. You are exactly that person. You are not showing me any respect right now, and I am going to spin you, <laughs> well, you out know, you could go any for, chance I get. You could go two for two. two and a, we're going to play that here in a minute, but I wanted to ask you in terms of respect. So is there anything that you've ever done? My, um, my wife oh says to me, you're stomping through the house. I walk through the house, right? Walking normally. Mm-hmm. And she says this all the time. You stopping. Quit stopping. I just walking normal. And so. Oh, you walk with a heavy foot. I guess I do. And so um, the next time I walk through the house, I might do it a little heavier. And so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Is there anything that you've ever done? intentionally to annoy your wife? Oh, all the time, every day. Give me some examples. She can't stand, she's got a bit of an OCD situation where she can't stand if the, like the microwave, you know, if you had, you had something in for a minute, but you took it out um, in 45 seconds because it was done. 
if I don't reset that, if I leave the 15 oh, seconds no. on the clock, it drives her crazy. Really? So I will very purposely go around and like keep those things, uh, you know, a little off, yeah. right? All you got to do is walk over and just start typing a number or two in and just leave yeah. it. Oh yeah, well, which is what I do. Just I mean, walk but, away. But that is a deliberate attempt to annoy. You know what? That is pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> I walked up to the microwave and it takes you a second to see what phase, what di- what disarray is going on here. What what's going on with the microwave? Is it trying to finish something? Is it trying to start something? Is it in the middle of something? And how do I get out of this to the very beginning? Right? Yeah. I've I've been in that very brief, very very quick, uh, instant you know moment of who the hell did this? Yeah, you know, and who walks away and just you know Amy will take the cap off of uh, a sauce or like a you know any kind of like a hot sauce or anything, and uh, and put the cap back on but not tighten it down. What that what an animal! And so I will. <laughs> I love to clean up after dinner. Yeah. Because she makes dinner in most every case. Like, she always makes dinner, right? And so I like to clean it all up. I'm going to do the dishes. I'm getting everything in the dishwasher. I'm going to put away any extra food and Tupperware. I'm going to put away the sauces and clean up the pots and pans that were made the dinner. I'm going to do it all, right? And she tells me, I love when you do that. I really appreciate that. So that makes me fired up to f***ing do it again. Mm -hmm. But, man, I will grab a bottle and put it in the refrigerator, and the cap falls off. Yeah. And I'm like, who puts a cap on and doesn't just turn just, the damn knob? I mean, come on. Just yes. finish the job. Why put the cap on if you're not going to screw it down? Right. And, but, uh, I have been, she has caught me doing that with water bottles from time to time, which hmm. are squeezy, right? So the cap can pop off and the water comes out. So bo- both of y'all do that. I don't believe her. I don't think she actually has. She says I do the same thing with water bottles. I don't think so. I don't put a cap on and leave it loose. That's crazy. Yeah, it seems crazy. Don't it? Yeah. I, yeah, no, that, that does seem crazy. But uh, it also would be a very annoying thing. We cannot have. make this a YouTube clip, okay? Cause I don't want to get my ass in trouble. <laughs> but we can't? No, man. Unless you keep me out of trouble. I don't know. I think you're in trouble. You got to bury this you, down you, deep in this in. Uh, podcast that she might not never Li- find. But, but literally, the question was, "What do we do that might be purposely disrespectful to our wives?" Right? Isn't yeah, that the t- that, <laughs> that the topic here? That was topic. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Listen, you, leave uh, it open ended. Like make people kind of go find the answer. Right? Listen, yeah. we all know that there's way more things that you must do to annoy her than than she does to annoy you. That's a fact. We can all agree on that, right? How can we agree on that? Because of who you are and who she is. Like, I could just make that bet and feel good about my money. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you, I you imagine brought I would up a couple weeks. Same. I think that as, us as husbands are going to lose that battle yeah. every time. Because, yeah. like, I, I, I mentioned one thing. I do a lot more, though, to annoy her. And most of it is intentional. I know exactly what I'm doing. She wants to talk about calendar stuff in the morning right after I wake up because she's been up for two hours. I don't want to talk about my calendar in the morning. I will purposely say, I'm not ready. I'm not woken up. You know what else I'll do? She can't stand us being in another room where a light is on in another room. So she will get up, stop what she's doing. We could be in a very serious conversation. She'll get up and do. She cannot have a light on another room. I will go around and turn all the lights on. Oh, my God, Mike. <laughs> They're terrible. Is it terrible? It's pretty bad. I'm just stomping through the room. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I, like I'll do it just, just to see. I if ain't I can get, got it. that much. I ain't got that much brain bandwidth to be like. Well, that's you problem. I mean, I got a lot of brains. I don't. Know. I that's mean, how I won that game last week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how okay. I tied that all back around. That's right? I did. All right. Well, why don't y'all um, send us your your Favorite things that you've ever done to intentionally annoy your spouse. Oh, yeah. Or your better half. Like, you know, let's not get too mean. No, no. Do it out of love. Out of love. Yeah. What do you do out of love? <laughs> I don't know that I'm stomping no. through the house out of love. I the, do. I do love her. Oh, man. So much. You love her. But you love her. You want to stomp around and make sure everybody you know knows what? it. I'm, I think some of it goes back to my childhood because, like, you know, when trying to get attention from dad, sometimes I had to do things that, I, that he didn't like to get his attention. <laughs> By God, right? he's going to know I'm here. And so Amy's like, hey, you're stomping through the house. And I'm like, you know what? I like that little bit of attention she's giving me right there, even though she's mad at me stomping. So maybe I'll stomp a little harder. I'm going to – can I take a guess on something yeah. that I bet you do that annoys her? Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. But it annoys me when you do it. So – when, when you're in the middle of a serious conversation, but then you're just in your phone, and I mean just in your phone, and yeah. you're not even hearing anything anybody says, yeah. certainly that comes up in your house, right? Yeah. Both of us do that. Oh, oh, so it annoys you too. Well, I, Amy will never dive into her phone in the middle of a conversation. No, no. but you will. I guess, yes. I mean, <laughs> I've got people texting me left and right needing things. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're going to say? Yeah. All right. That's the excuse? Yeah. All right. Like, wait. All right. Man, have I ever interrupted a, a conversation? Uh, you have interrupted a severe or a ser- You've interrupted a serious conversation with someone else? I have. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, you're, you're not thinking of an example. No. Like, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no. I'm sure I have. I don't know. So I'm the kind of person that feels like the chain's hauling ass down the track, and I got to keep it going. And if I don't answer this person's question, then they the train can't keep moving for them, right? So I got to get them their answer, even though you're talking to me about something else. And, yeah, I'll I'll go, hey, where, where, where were we? What, what, what were we even discussing? Yeah. I know. It's a terrible habit. It's not the best. That's good, though. I like the idea of people giving us on social uh, w- what they do. I, we may find out that we're not so weird. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Yeah. We, we want to feel – Dale and I want to feel better about ourselves, <laughs> so uh, help us out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what, what's next? I think it's time for Guess the Driver. We're going to play some more tic-tac-toe. Mike Davis won last week. Mike, can you find your, your game piece? Well, Mike's funny. Let me set up the board for the listeners here. All right. So on the top, from left to right, we got Penske Racing, Junior Johnson Associates, and Roush Racing. Then on the left side, top to bottom, is Chip Ganassi Racing, RCR, and Bill Davis Racing. So I have rules for you guys this week. Last Ooh. week, I was making them up as we go. Let's yep. be honest. This week, you have 90 seconds to guess. Damn. Okay? Down from two minutes from last week. You can't use the same driver twice. So, okay. Mike, one oh. on Ricky Rudd, you use him twice. Can't do that. And I suck at this. If time runs out, I'm, I'm always sucking so bad. The other person can either steal that square or pick like it's their regular turn. But if you get it right or wrong, it is the next person's turn. So it's no longer make it, take it. Mm. So, okay. Mike, yeah, you won. 
I you did. Get, you get to go first. I get to go first. So yes. I'm going to just pick a square. We're looking pick at the grid any here. square you'd like. Okay. Damn, uh, pins don't write. Um, I am going to go with. I, I I know what. I want that middle square, but the middle square is RCR and Junior Johnson and Associates. Is that what they called his race team? Yes. Junior Johnson and Associates. <laughs> yes. I've never heard of it. Is it like a law firm or something? <laughs> it sounded like it. Um, but I'm going to have to go with. The one I know immediately, and that's going to be Ganassi Racing, Roush Racing, which is the upper right corner. Upper right corner there. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say Jamie McMurray. Jamie McMurray, correct. So that's Mike, top right. Okay. Um. Jeez, this is so hard, y'all. I, th- <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> the hell. I guess I'm going to go um, RCR, Roush Racing. It was Ryan Newman. Yes. RCR... Roush Racing was Ryan Newman. That's below you. Yeah. Below you. So Dale gets that. The middle right. So we got the the right-hand side's almost complete. Yeah. All right, Mike. Okay. I'm going to go I, – I, I'm guessing here, and I need some help. I, I, I think I'm right. The upper left, which would be Chip Ganassi Racing and Penske Racing. Mm-hmm. Juan Pablo? That's correct. Boom. He ran a couple races for Penske. That's right. I'll do Ganassi, Junior Johnson, Associates, Sterling Marlin. Correct. Damn, that was my win. I was going for <laughs> I would have never got it. I, I had nobody. So now the top row is out. So Dale gets that. All right, so the top row's out. Um, I need to think. All right, so is it's on me now, right? It's on Mike, yes. And is my clock running? Yes. All right, hold up. Okay, I... I'm going to guess here. I'm going to try a guess here at RCR Junior Johnson. Go. Didn't Neil Bonnet run for RCR once? That is correct, yeah. Ran twice. There you go, Mike. Damn. That was nice. So I've got the middle. Yeah, now, i got to get you. i got to yeah. save my ass twice. you got a chance to win this. See, he's got a double. you got you got both on the bottom. Yeah. Roush or, yeah. Bottom left, bottom right. So Dale can either get Roush Racing or Bill Davis Racing. Penske and Bill Davis racing. I can only think of two guys that drove for Bill Davis. I'm struggling with that one too. But damn it. I'm going to take a guess on this one, but I think Roush and Bill Davis was Musgrave. Incorrect. Oh, damn it. Incorrect. Your turn to steal, Mike. So, Mike, you can either steal or you can pick another square. I, I'm going to guess on that square, too. Roush Racing, Bill Davis. Okay. Uh, again, I don't know that this guy actually ran for Roush. I think he ran for Bill Davis, and uh, I'm hoping he ran for Roush. <laughs> Scott Wimmer? Did not run for Roush. Incorrect. Mm. So, it goes back to Dale. I think the Penske Bill Davis one is easier. <laughs> so, it's Dale's. Dale's, Dale's turn, yes. Dale's turn, yes. Hold on, right, I gotta think about this. Yeah, no kidding. If you'd like a hint, let me know. What the, what the hell? I gave you a hint last week. Yeah, like, hey, Dale, if you'd like a hint, let me know. You get a hint, Tim. I won't turn down. I won't uh, take the hint. 45 seconds. Man, I can't do it. Does, I don't, the Bill Davis thing is a killer. For me, I mean, it's tough. I know. Bill Davis and Junior Johnson Associates is Hut Strickland. Yes, correct. That that's is only, correct. That's the only one on the page I know. I'm going to take another guess here. Go ahead. 
I'm trying to I, listen. Obviously, Ward Burton ran for Bill Davis Racing. Mm-hmm. Didn't Jeff Burton have a race with Bill Davis? Jeff Burton? I did not have that on my list. I will double check. You sound confident. No, no, I'm not confident, but I'd like to check. I, I, I feel like in the store in the Burton story, there was there was. I think Jeff Burton might. And, and don't just check Cup. Because we're, are, or are we only talking about? Cup? I was only talking about Cup. Okay, is that part of the rules? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, because I've been trying to think of Bill Davis truck drivers. I mean, I guess that would have waste. The only thing. In Cup. All right. See if Jeff Burton ever ran. I, if it's Cup, then I don't think. No, not Jeff Burton. Just okay. Ward. I, I missed it. No Jeff Burton for Bill Davis. All right. So it's still open. Um, Bill Davis and Roush. What about? He was. Uh, he's a junior. He. Um, broadcaster, um, road course racer. Am I wrong? A junior? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) 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 Five, four, three, two, one. You got to guess? All right, so let me guess again. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm liking this. This is forcing us. The Bill Davis racing is the hard part, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm going to take a guess on one. Go ahead. Um, Stanton Barrett. No. All right. Because I know he, he did run for Roush. He did in but, the... Oh, that's right. It was the Bush Series. Yes. All right, forget it. All right, so I'm wasted that big off. Do you guys both want a hint on one of them? I think at this point you guys need the hint on one of them. No, <laughs> no, I don't figure want it out. I mean, hold up. All right, <laughs> I'm not ready to call him Mulligans. All right, Dale, it's your turn. So just to recap, Mike is currently got a double situation going on here where he can win if he gets the bottom left or the bottom right correct, which is the bottom left is Penske Racing and Bill Davis Racing, and the bottom right would be Roush Racing and Bill Davis Racing. So Dale. If he gets both, because he has the bottom middle, he wins. I ain't getting that Bill Davis. That damn shit there is too hard. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, that's why it's so obscure. It's very obscure. Right. But I feel like both drivers that would be that I think you guys would get these guys. You'll be like, oh, okay. definitely. We're just gonna keep on guessing. Um, so it's your turn. I'm, I've got another. Do you guess. have a? Is it with the Penske and RCR? I mean, it's a stretch. I don't. I don't know if it happened or not. But did uh, Dave Marcus drive any race in the Cup Series for RCR? Uh, I believe he did for RCR, but not for Penske. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah, race for Penske in the seventies. Way early. Maybe that was before my time. Oh wait, we're just going off of Alex's time? No, no, no. I, <laughs> Who drove I during didn't Alex's even check. Time? I didn't even check the seventies <laughs> for Penske, like the Mark Donahue oh, days. Oh well, all right. Well, you got to do that. Yeah. Check, get, get a Dave Marcus. I didn't over. think that would be the one, <laughs> one they would guess. <laughs> I need to brush up know. on my Bill Davis racing God, history. For real, man. Like, good grief. <laughs> There's got to be, like, you know, after, you know, after the, you know, when he was probably just the end days of his cup team operation, somebody running for him that was obscure. And who would that have been? That's a negative on Dave Marcus, by the way. Okay. So All right. It's my turn. So it's my turn, or is it, yeah, it's my turn. Yes. All right, I'm gonna take another guest. Uh, Bill Davis and Penske. Or this could apply to Bill Davis, uh, or it could be the Roush or the Penske. Um, Ryan Newman. 
He's already chosen. Already chosen. Newman's already chosen? Yes. By who? And did not... Uh, you did. Roush and Arcee. I chose him. Or Dale did, did, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I can't Roush even say who... I can't even repeat who nope, Dale No, he's already picks? off the board. One, no driver plays twice. No driver plays twice. All right. Did I just waste my <laughs> And also, he didn't race for Bill Davis Racing. You're wrong. I know that. I was guessing. Oh, yeah, I mean, no. Obviously, we don't know who. <laughs> that's the problem. None of us know who raced for Bill Davis Racing. I'm guessing at that point. Sorry, easy. Uh, no, you're wrong. So it's Dale's turn. All right, but so I can't say. I guess I should have written down who Dale guessed. I haven't been paying attention. I've literally <laughs> been putting X's and O's here. That's how you play tic-tac-toe. I didn't think it would take this long. Dude, I mean, the Bill Davis one's tough. Yeah. I'll take a hint. Th- take a guess. Yeah. I'll take a hint? Yeah. Which one, Penske or Roush? Uh, Penske. Penske. So we've had him on the download, mm. and this was towards the end of his career, back end. Of course it would be. That, that, I don't know much that's a hint. But, uh, He's been on in the past two years. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> that's a, that's a good hint. It's a good hint. Yeah. This is the Penske one. Penske and Bill Davis. Yes. Ah. No. 30 seconds left. No. I mean, I, Rusty Wallace, he never drove for Bill Davis. Yeah. No. Mike, right. you taking a stab at the... Uh, Go, Mike. Please finish. The hint. Okay. <laughs> Let's kill it. Yeah, do I get a new hint? On the same one? What the hell? No, you oh, got a hint and I got a hint. Oh. We both share this we hint. Both got that, we share you both hints? got yeah. that hint. I can give you both a hint for the Roush one. Well, yeah, but that's... I take a hint for the Roush. One, <laughs> you take a hint right. for the Roush one. Okay, we mentioned it on Tuesday's podcast. That's such a bunch better hit than I got. All right, we mentioned him on Tuesday's podcast. What the hell did we talk about on Tuesday? That was <laughs> two days ago. Oh, Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, he said Tuesday's podcast. What the hell? What was that? Coda. Uh, that means he must have been in the race. Time's up. Time's up. I just <laughs> got my hint. I'm gonna say Kurt Busch. Incorrect. Damn. Well, he, we mentioned him Tuesday. Right back to you. Go, Mike. I'm going to go back to the the Penske Bill Davis side and say Jeremy Mayfield. Correct. Damn. So Mike, Mike wins. wins. When did he drive for Bill Davis? This was like 2007. He was driving. He drove the 36 car. He did. Right we before he taught that. his like new. Uh, we did. New team. He, it was like the last couple of races for his team. Good job, Mike. Yeah. Two and zero. Oh. That was tough. I don't gloat. Yes, I, let my, I let my stats do the talking. Yeah, That's fun. Yeah. I, I honestly say, what a challenging game that is. And man, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to go back upstairs and let the other folks like Ryan Williams and and those guys that think they're real good at this stuff uh, take a pick. Man, that's a tough ass game. This one was tough. I will yeah. agree. This one was a lot tougher. Yeah. I'll make them a little bit easier next time. Don't wait do a that. second. No, I'm, don't, no, don't make them fun. easier. You did a great job on this, Alex. Oh, thank you. Really good. Would you guys like to know who the Roush Racing Bill yes. Davis yeah, ones yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, this one I thought was the most obscure. Kenny Wallace was the main one I was thinking. He, we mentioned him on Tuesday's podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Kenny Wallace raced for Roush? Yes, he filled in for Kurt Busch oh my when he got suspended. And then Bill Davis? Yes, he drove the 23 Stacker 2 car. He did. That, in Cup. In Cup. Yeah, he did. That's right, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and right. And what's the Penske RCR? Uh, Penske RCR. That one was also Ryan Newman. It can't be also. I know, but no, I messed that one up. But we didn't Alex, get to it. We didn't get to Alex, it. We didn't get rules, to it. You you wrote the rules of the did game. Did not again. Did not think you guys were going to guess Newman before. 
so this was my fault. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we did not get to it, so it's not a big deal. We, we did. don't have. We to. were look. I we were all sitting. Me and we didn't get to it because me and Mike are looking at it, going, "What the hell." We can't pick Newman. I was just happy that was not going to come up. <laughs> so, because I know in I messed podcast, it up. <laughs> Alex. Yeah, that stays in the podcast. This stays in the podcast. We literally, listen, ball on the listen sword. like I said, the rules are get made up as they go as well. So, they're not <laughs> foolproof, but. Good job, Mike. That was fun. That was fun. Can't wait to play again. I hope we have this every week. I really enjoy this. Even, we can. even losing, it's fun. We can. Um, and I'm learning. Yeah. Um, the freaking relief driving <laughs> is tough. It is. Damn, that makes it tough. I mean, it's literally impossible. Yeah. Sometimes the only way to make the square fit. So you got to go with it. So, so Dale had suggested earlier, I don't remember if this was before we were taping or during the show, but he was talking about doing one with, is it car numbers or, or sponsors? Sponsors. Yeah. sponsors. Drivers, that had the, drivers that had the same sponsor. Yeah. I would like to switch up the, the little topics as well. Like yeah. no longer race teams. We could do sponsors. We'll try them out. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I love it. It's a great part of the show every Thursday. Mike, um, one thing I wanted to say before we wrapped everything up for uh, Coda and everything that happened there. Did you see Kyle Busch post-race during his uh, interview on Pit Road where Ross walks by or walks up? Threw and a little he, shade. Yeah, he threw a little shade at him. Said, yeah. So, talk, yeah. What did he talk say? Talk about the guy doesn't respect anybody or something like that. Yeah. Was, uh I was I was fascinated by that because you know Ross is going to see it. Oh yeah, man, yeah. Um, I also saw that somebody asked Ross Chastain if he would ever go on Denny's podcast, and he said, "No, that will never happen." I can't believe that. I know. I thought Ross would absolutely do that. Come on, man. Ross is a. I, I feel like I know him, and he he would. Why would he not want to do that? Well, he never came. He has been on our podcast, but he has not been on in a while, and we were trying to get him last year, and he never actually came on kind our podcast. dodges us a little bit. Yeah, he dodged yeah. us a lot. Well, anyhow, uh, make sure you listen to Dirty Mode Doe. That's going to be coming out today as well. Uh, Steve Letarte gives you a rundown of some of the best opportunities uh, to bet a little money, uh, and and they'll re- rehash, I guess, what happened at Coda as well. they He's got his little buddies, little team of buddies there, um, Chopper uh, and the professor, sort of helping him uh, navigate through this. And it's interesting to see them do well and see when they lose as well. But it uh, seems like fans are really enjoying that show, Mike. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we also – I'm telling you, Speed Street's been on a roll. They've had Colton Herta on. They, uh, Who did they have on last week? Was it uh, – Roman was on last week. I mean, Connor's going out and just getting them all, right? Yeah. So uh, they've been hitting numbers that they have never uh, had. They're on a on a hell of a hot streak right now. So Speed Street's worth listening to. Um, I appreciate Joey and Connor's efforts, man. They work hard. They do. Uh, and they do bring an amazing uh, perspective to the IndyCar world. So Dirty Modo. Oh, and Jordan Taylor's on this week? Are Jordan Taylor's on this oh, week. Oh, that'll be a good one. That'll be worth listening. Dirty Modo and Speed Street. Um, let's throw it down to Short Track Insider with Hannah Newhouse. Welcome back to another weekly episode here of Short Track Insider. 
Unfortunately, a majority of last weekend's racing was canceled due to rain or cold temperatures, but fortunately, a few series were able to run, including that of the Spears SRL Southwest Tour, because yes, out in California, in some places, it was relatively warm, and for Jacob Gomes, that driver was able to double down, being the first back-to-back winner of that event at Kern County Raceway Park in the Super Late Model Division. Also, the ARCA East Series was able to open up their season at Five Flag Speedway, where William Sawalich was able to take the checkered for his Joe Gibbs Racing team. And, of course, the Cars Tour was at Florence over the weekend for the Aaron's 125, and man, what a race if you weren't able to make it or missed it on Flow Racing. The abrasive racetrack, and, of course, that's kind of what Florence is known for, made for some stellar racing, and it came down to the final restart, where Carson Quapple was able to get around Brendan Butterbean Queen and fend him off. And, of course, able to take home the win for his junior motorsports team. And for Quapple, he has been so close to winning at Florence in a multitude of races, big races, Cars Tour races. So it had been a long time coming for him. And here's what the defending Cars Tour champion had to say about finally breaking through at Florence. Breaking through the win at Florence, uh, that gives us a bunch of confidence going through the rest of the season, you know, um, us starting out at the icebreaker, me and Dale both kind of struggling. That, that was, it was tough, uh, for us. And we were, really weren't too sure. We went to work when we got back to the shop leading up to the Kennelly race and didn't really find anything wrong with the car. So, uh, we really weren't sure what to expect when we went back to Florence after Kenley and, uh, finishing second at Kenley. That, that was definitely a confidence booster knowing that we can run back up front like we usually do. Uh, but yeah, Florence, it was, it was, it was a good deal. I was, I was super happy that we could run good there, obviously win. That's, it's a, it's great for us coming off our icebreaker run and to finally get a win at Florence was, it was, it was pretty good. I feel like I've been so close a few times with these junior motorsports guys and just couldn't really finish the deal. And this time it all kind of came together and Brian and the whole team gave me a really good car, uh, that I could really work with. And at the end, I just felt like we were just really good uh, compared to the rest of the guys, and we just had more tire left. The choose cone that was implemented at Florence, um, it was different for sure. Uh, I have some experience running with the choose cone with different series and stuff like that, and uh, I felt like I had a little bit of an advantage compared to some of the guys. I'm I'm sure most of the guys have probably been familiar with the choose cone, but there's probably some that that aren't, and uh, I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, it, I mean, it just depends. Sometimes it can be, sometimes it can't, but I think for the racing, it just helps it out a lot more and makes it makes it more interesting for the fans even. Just not being sure. It's, it's not lining them up like normal inside, outside. It's you let the tri- drivers make the decision, and there was once or twice this past weekend at Florence where I was kind of surprised at uh, where the people in front of me kind of went and it kind of made me had to change up my strategy too so I think it definitely makes it racing more interesting kind of makes it you don't really know what's going to happen you know and I, I think it does help with the guys that are kind of checking up to get into third to be on the bottom I think that's going to help with that for sure because it gives you the option to choose the bottom if you want and if you're in fourth you can go to fifth on the inside row so I think it's a good idea I liked it and uh I'm sure there's some people that probably don't like it, but uh, I mean it is what it is. We're all in the same we're all in the same playing field here. We all race in the same race, and I think Jack and Keeley and all the guys really did a good job on that one. But uh, I can't wait to finish finish the year off with these guys and hopefully win some more races. Obviously, but more so just run good. 
Um, I think the choose cone, I think that'll open up some more options for everybody, obviously, but us in particular, I think, uh, we can, we, me and me, spotter, uh, Brian and the whole team can do, uh, pretty good things with that choose cone. And, uh, can't wait to see what the rest of the year is like with Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops and all the people who got me here, LW, Kelly, Dale, obviously, and, uh, super excited. Hopefully we can get some more wins. Plenty of racing this upcoming weekend as well, if Mother Nature is willing to cooperate with us a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour heads to Richmond Raceway on Friday. Of course, kind of a, a prelude into the weekend for the NASCAR weekend. They'll race Friday afternoon uh, into the evening, and of course, that's available on Flow Racing. Also, a double header for the World of Outlaw Late Models and the Extreme Outlaw Midgets at Farmer City, both Friday and Saturday, the first time it's been a national midget tour at Farmer City. Definitely a fast, tricky racetrack, and you can watch all of that on Dirt Vision. Also, the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Sprint Cars head south to Texas for a double header at Devil's Bowl Speedway on Friday and Saturday. Both those races uh, available on Dirt Vision as well. In the Northeast, the Icebreaker, definitely in a, an exclusive race up in the Northeast for the World of Modifieds, is at Thompson Speedway this weekend. They'll have Modifieds, Mini Stocks, and of course, the Pro All-Star Series is also joining them, a Saturday-Sunday race with the Icebreaker 125 being on Sunday. Of course, those Open Modifieds headlining that, that race available on Racing America and down south, the ASA Southern Super Series is at Crisp Motorsports Park in Cordial, Georgia. You can watch that on Racing America. Nashville Fairgrounds, they are opening up their regular season opener this upcoming weekend. All local, seven local divisions, including everything from pro late models to legends, expected to run a full Saturday afternoon of racing. Uh, if you're not able to make it, you actually can watch the season opener on Racing America. And as for some sprint car racing, Non-wing, to be specific, the USAC Sprint Cars are headed to Lawrenceburg on Saturday and Saturday only. You can watch that on Flow Racing. And the Smart Modifieds are at South Boston on Saturday. Uh, no streaming available there, but hey, if you're around the area, I always say South Boston is one that you have to go check out. It's a great facility ran by great people and always puts on some stellar racing. So Smart Modifieds are there on Saturday. And as we take a look at out west, plenty of racing this weekend as well out there, including the Arc Menard Series West. They head to Irwindale Speedway, undoubtedly one of my favorite racetracks out on the West Coast. They'll be there Saturday for their second points race of the season, and you can watch all the Arc Menards regional races on Flow Racing. And continuing the West Coast trend on Sunday, so if you don't get enough of a racing fix between Friday and Saturday, on Sunday, don't you worry, the Northwest Super Late Model Series have you covered. They head to Tri-City Raceway in Richland, uh, Richland, Washington for the 54th running of the Apple Cup on Sunday afternoon. That race also available to watch on Racing America. And I would highly suggest get your racing fix this weekend. Plenty to choose from, from dirt to late models, modifieds to asphalt. You name it, plenty of places to watch uh, because next weekend, unfortunately, a relatively calm weekend as a lot of people taking in the Easter festivities. But don't you worry, we're going to recap all of this next week on Short Track Insider. Dirty Mode Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.